Welcome to the weekly sermon from Generations Church. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Scott Hale. Oh, welcome to Generations. If you're here for the first time, I want to say a big special thank you. Welcome to you. Uh, If you're one of our first-time guests, we're so glad you're here at Generations today. I know there's a lot of good churches in our area. We're blessed with some great churches, so it's, it's just an honor to have you here with us today. And we hope you just sit back, relax, and enjoy the presence of God. I hope he speaks to you. I know he's going to, because uh, that's what he said he, he, he does. He, he's into uh, the relationship business. And so God is speaking to you today, and, and so I just pray that you sense his presence and the love of these people here today. Um, we are in a series that we're continuing today called Jesus People, Being and Making Disciples, Jesus People, which is really what this series is really about, is is how we at Generations can do everything that God's called us to do. We want to be everything God's called us to be, right? No more, no less. That's, That's all we can ask, and that's all we can do. We want to do what God's called us. Back in the New Testament, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, one of the last things he said to them, he said that their first priority, their first priority needs to be making new disciples, making more disciples, helping other people become students of the way of Jesus. Uh, Not only get to know about Jesus, but get to know Jesus. That's what we want to do. We don't want to just teach people about Jesus. We want you to get to know Jesus himself. And so as as a church, that is is, uh, really why we exist. That's uh, It's to help people know God better so that they can trust him more. When you know God better, you'll trust him more. The better you know him, the better you're going to trust him. The more your faith is going to grow. In the process, what happens is you become more and more like Jesus himself. And that's what we want to help people do. We want you to know God better. We want you to have a relationship with him, not just learn facts about him. We want you to learn uh, about Jesus and get to know him and trust him and become more and more like Jesus. Praise God. Now, quick review. Uh, Last week, we talked about this cycle of discipleship. Everybody remember this? The cycle of discipleship that uh, we put together. And we really enter, we enter this cycle at that top point with trusting in Christ. We trust in God and what he's accomplished for us on the cross. And so we get to know God better through relationship. And as we pray and we study the scriptures, uh, we partner with what the Holy Spirit is doing. The Holy Spirit is real and he's moving. And we begin to grow in Christ. That is, that is this beautiful, beautiful thing that happens. And then as we mature and we learn to trust God more and more, we're learning to trust him. We put more of our faith in God. We trust him with more of our life. We experience him working through other people around us. He uses other people. Then we not only receive... But then we learn to serve. We go to that second part right there, which is it's to give out in the form of relationship with the body of Christ. We serve. We serve each other. We give back as full members of this family because we want to be part of the the other members of the body growing in their faith. We get to be, isn't that awesome? Did you know you get to be a part of me growing in my faith? And I get to be a part of you growing in your faith. Did you know you are, should always be not only being mentored by someone, but you should be mentoring someone else, right? Forwards and backwards. We should always be being discipled, discipling, mentoring, being mentored. And that's this beautiful thing in serving. Um, and then we want to be a part of other people, uh, so growing in their faith. So we trust, we serve, and then we go. Then we go. We want to move out from just our place of of learning and hanging out with Christians, 
We, we want to offer this message to other people who are seeking, who are looking for the gospel. They need good news. They're desperate for God. And they're curious what this gospel thing that we're talking about is all about. And so we want to help, we want to go out of these walls and help people learn how to trust in God. At the same time, what we talked about last week also is that we never really exit the orbit of this model. This isn't something that we accomplish and then we're done. Um, we continue to trust, to serve, to go, to trust, to serve, to go. This is something we do for all of our lives. And we do all of this together. Boom, right in the middle, together. That, that togetherness is at the center of all this because that's how God designed it. He, he, we didn't make that up. So we go on this lifelong journey, not as a bunch of isolated individuals all trying to you know, figure it out alone. We go on it as a family, together. And what should be at the core desire within each of us throughout this walk? At the, core des- at the core of each of us, we should have this desire, this craving to be more and more like Jesus. That's what I want. I want to be more like I need to be more and more like Jesus. We, we talked last week how even the world wants us to be more and more like Jesus. They think that's a great idea for you and I to become more and more like Jesus, to act more like Jesus, to grow in our relationship with him so that we can grow more like him. And that's why God called us to this togetherness, so we could be, we actually become more and more like Jesus, so we could help followers of Jesus actually follow Jesus. Imagine that. Not just be students and learn things about Jesus, but follow him. His disciples in, in, those, in that first century his disciples were called the followers of Jesus. They weren't just the learners of Jesus. They followed him. They walked in his dust. They mimicked him. They did what he did. He did this. They tried to do this too, right? It was probably awkward at first, but after a while, they were clicking because they had the Holy Spirit in them that was moving with them, right? And that's what we want. That is the goal of discipleship. In the book of John, he says, now that I your Lord and teacher, Jesus is saying this. Now that I have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. You should do as I have done for you. So Jesus leads by example. We follow his lead. We become more like him. And we do all of this together. We grow in our faith together, uh, witnessing the Spirit of God moving in us and through us. That's what this series is all about. Now, how does this cycle of discipleship play out at Generations? What does it look like if we're doing it right? Well, I want to show you first what it doesn't look like. This is what we don't want to do at Generations. Watch this. Are you tired of small groups always getting into your business, trying to get you to share your feelings, discuss your past, confess your sins? Are you just looking for a place to kick it? network maybe get some free grub me too that's why i created what i believe to be the world's first openly shallow small group we're not here to deal with messy stuff like feelings and emotions you got problems you deal with them you're an adult life ain't easy so stop the pity party we all have our issues we don't really want to do life together frankly at shallow small group we try not to do much of anything at all you'll never hear us use the term unpack that thought. We're sure it's packed away for a really good reason. 
And you'll never hear us use the term accountability unless you're talking about someone who deals with numbers. Hey, dude, thanks for doing my taxes. You have great accountability. And spiritual growth. Who wants growth? I had a growth removed last week. It wasn't pleasant. There's no pressure here to remember each other's name. What's going on, buddy? Oh, hey, man. How's it going? That's yeah, good. Oh, dude. Captain, what's going on? We know you have a name, and that's the important thing. Group discussion? You got tickets to the big game? Sweet. Let's spend some time on that. Oh, you and your wife are struggling financially? There's tension in the relationship? That's not really the vibe we're going for. We avoid conflict like the plague. And there will never, ever be an awkward silence. That's our guarantee to you. We hate bad theology as much as the next guy, and we know the surest way to prevent bad theology is to avoid theology altogether. And outreach? This is the only outreach you'll ever have to do. Some people say we're superficial, but hey, the word supers and superficial. I mean, who doesn't want to be super? Shallow small group, because when things get too deep, people drown. Won't you join us? <laughs> All right, not that's not what we're going for. Um, right, that, that, that is kind of the view a lot of people have of small groups, isn't it? Uh, it's not our small groups, I, I promise. Home life is is a beautiful thing. Now, last week we were talking about togetherness and this togetherness that's at the center of God's vision for the church. We played around with this really beautiful Greek word. It's my my new favorite word. It's in the original scriptures. It's found in the book of Acts, a lot throughout the book of Acts. Paul uses it also in Romans. And it captures this fierce passion for unity and togetherness. Everybody remember how to pronounce that? Homothumadon, right? Sounds like a great woolly mammoth just roaming across the plains. The homothumadon, right? Homothumadon. Now, it translates as together and with one accord, but that really doesn't do it justice when you just say together, one accord. Um, it's, it's having this mutual passion for unity. This mutual passion comes from homo, oneness, and thumos, which means a lot of hua, right? This sort of passionate, hot breath thing, you know, people screaming and stuff like that. And you put it together, and it's a, it's a group of people willing to work hard at unity, working hard at unity, right? So it really, change, it really changes the meaning, shifts what we think about this idea of togetherness or with one accord, right? It, when you say those words, a lot of times people just think of like, you know, you've got like a little flower in your hair and we're all just hanging out, you know, smoking something that's only legal in Colorado and being nice and, <laughs> and you know, nobody's making any waves, nobody, you know, say anything mean or anything like that. But that's not what it's about. Togetherness is not just kind of some neat hippie movement. It's not. It is, it is this passionate hard work, and, and it's us being willing not to let any relational barriers exist between us. No relational barriers exist between us. Now, I know good and well. How many of you were here last Sunday? Raise your hand. You heard this message, right? How many of you had opportunities this week for relational barriers to get between you and somebody? Anybody, anybody get frustrated with another human being at all this week? You are just a bunch of holy, holy, holy people. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I bet some of you walked out of this room last Sunday and instantly were like, oh, people. Right? 
I could be a Christian if it weren't for the people. <laughs> See, we have, the, we have the opportunity to do this every day, but that's what homothumadon is about. It's about being intentional and passionate about it. We've got to do it on purpose. It doesn't just happen. You don't just go, well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll be together in one accord. Let's just try it. But you've got you to mean it. You've got to do it. You've got to do it because it's the, this frustrations and, and, you know, people are different. I always say not everybody was raised by your mama, right? <laughs> so people are always going to surprise you with some of the things that they, they say or the way they, the way they respond to life. And so you have to be intentional about it. You've got to be passionate about it. Whether we're at different ages or different stages, whether we're from different backgrounds or, or groups, we're, we are going to do the hard work. That's what we've decided at Generations. We're going to do the hard work, going to be fiercely passionate about our unity and our love for one another, our togetherness. And, and what we're doing here at Generations is inviting other people to come join us and do it too. Now, What's interesting is when you look at the New Testament, even some of the symbols, the symbolism expressed of this togetherness, we see, we see things like the Lord's Supper. It's interesting. We could have celebrated the Lord's Supper by ourselves. We took communion last week. You remember that? We could have done that by ourselves. God could have said, okay, now guys, when you get alone, you go to your secret place, take some bread, take the wine, and just remind yourself of the sacrifice that I made. And that would have been really sweet. So we, we would do that. We'd get alone. We'd take, take communion. Or, he, or baptism. Think about water baptism, right? Uh, he could have said, now when you commit to Christ as king, here's what you do, guys. You, you find some water and you dunk yourself in the water. As this sort of ritualistic bath and a way of telling, telling God, just tell him, you and God, just tell him, I accept your lordship over my life. I thank you for saving my sins. I rise to a new life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live this new way for you. He could have done that. All of these things are things we can do by ourselves. We're not incapable of dunking ourselves in the water or taking a cracker and some juice, right? But that's never even considered in the New Testament church. Isn't that interesting? You never see that. Communion is this shared supper of God's kingdom people coming together. And baptism, baptism, even though it would make perfect sense to just dunk yourself in the water, baptism is always, is always someone representing the kingdom and what it does for that new person who's coming into the kingdom, them becoming a citizen. And this is really key. This is important because baptism doesn't save you from your sins. Okay? Baptism doesn't save you from your sins. You can get saved by yourself right? You can pray to God any moment. You can pray to him right here in your seat. You can pray to him tonight as you're laying in bed and receive Jesus as your, as your savior. You can get saved by yourself, but baptism is a way of welcoming you into relationship with the family of God. Amen. It's very important. It's, 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 see, this whole thing is so much more than just about you and God. It's so much more than that. It's about you and God and God's people. And so one person, we always see, baptizes another person. It doesn't have to be the paid profession or clergy. It's just somebody who represents the kingdom. It's always done that way. Anyway, that's just a little free of charge, a little extra that, I, that was interesting. Okay, okay, so let's, let's get into today's 
today's message. We, we've established that we do this thing together. Uh, now, we're gonna, today we're going to be talking about the first stage of our journey of discipleship, and that is trust. Trust. Trust begins in our life with, with our response to God's offer of salvation. He offers the salvation and we trust. It, it's, it's this gift of grace that he extends to us. But trust doesn't end there. You don't just get saved and then you're all done trusting. Trust, it continues throughout our, walk, our, our life, in our walk of faith. It's, it's our, the, our life with Jesus is, is, is constant trusting. We never stop depending on and trusting in Jesus. We never stop depending on this, this good news message, the gospel. It affects every day of our lives. Being a Christian isn't just about taking that leap of faith right at the beginning and getting saved. That's not it. When you're living this spirit-filled, this cross-shaped life, it is a life filled with trusting. It's filled with leaps of faith, right? It, it is a life of leaping, <laughs> you could say. This is a life of leaping. When Jesus uh, talks about the gospel, he uses this, this picture of the kingdom a lot. And he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Therefore, repent and believe. Repent and believe this good news. The kingdom, the kingdom. Now, the kingdom is this beautiful concept um, because it starts, well, for us, what it says is, okay, I have a king, right? I mean, that's kind of obvious in that statement. I, we have a king. Jesus is worthy to be Lord of my life. That's what we're saying. He's, he is worthy to tell me how, how to live. He's the one I listen to. Jesus gets to tell me how to live. He's the king. He's my king. And this kingdom, of course, is in a physical place. Um, it's, it's not like you get in, in an airplane and fly to the kingdom. It's not in heaven or on earth or in Mars or something like that. The kingdom is God's family. It's God's life of togetherness. But even more, the kingdom is like, it's a whole new system. It's a system that we get to walk in, a new way of living. The kingdom is this new set of, of spiritual cause and effect that we get to live by, that we're subject to. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. The just, that's disciples. The just shall live by faith. So that means there's something different the way the, the just live by. There's a whole different set of laws and rules that the just live by. It's this, this thing called faith. And <clears throat> we're no longer under the same rules and laws as the world. We're no longer slaves to sin and the curse of this world. That is what it means to now be citizens of the kingdom. We're under a different set, a different system. And so this kingdom also means I'm part of a family, right? It's not just a kingdom. It's not just a king. But I've also become fellow citizens with other members of the kingdom. So we're all members of the kingdom together. So it's this very relational dynamic going on. Um, I not only get to have this beautiful relationship with the king who happens to be leader of the universe, master of the whole universe, I, and I get to have him mentor me and grow me and mature me. But I get to do that as part of a, a whole new community. Finally, finally, I, I get to belong. I have a place I belong. There is a place you belong. You were, you were created to belong in the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so this gospel message that we talk about, it affects 
our relationships both vertically with God and horizontally with his fellow citizens of the kingdom. Uh, when the Apostle Paul would talk about this, he would use another word a lot, another key word, and that word is grace. Grace is the free gift that God extends to us. Grace is not dependent on any level of performance. In fact, God gives his salvation as a gift. Grace is a gift. And so rather than our citizenship in this kingdom, he extends this invitation, and rather than it being dependent on us sticking to a bunch of religious laws and a bunch of rules, this is different. Instead, it's the result of entering into a relationship with the king himself. It's not about sticking to a bunch of laws and rules. It's about entering into a relationship. So becoming a Christian, entering into the kingdom, it's not like getting hired on to a new company. You know, if you you take a new job, there's some understanding between you. You do this, you'll keep your job. You don't do this, you're fired, right? That's not the way it is in the kingdom. It's more like being in a family, and you have a family, and no matter what happens, you are in this family. You're part of the family. So Jesus teaches us that the way he desires us to respond to this offer of grace is to repent and believe. He uses these terms, repent and believe. Now, repent just means to change your way of thinking. Literally, it means to turn your face. To repent means to turn your face, head a new direction. I'm going to allow Jesus to show me a new way to look at things, a new perspective on things. I'm going to be open to new possibilities, a whole new way of living, to allow Jesus to be my master, rather than me being a slave to my sins and my cravings that I was before. I'm going to allow Jesus to be my master. And then believing, which simply means believing, it means, it means trusting that it's true. There's our word trust. Believing means trusting that it's true. Now, there's an interesting thing I want to point out here. I want to look at a few scriptures we talk about trust as this entrance point to the kingdom. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans 1, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. This good news about Jesus, Paul says, man, I want people to know about him. It is a life changer because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. There's that word for trust. It's the same word as to believe. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. His righteousness is is shown to us as this gift that's been offered to us. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So twice he uses the word faith here. Up ahead, he uses the word believes, and it's all the same Greek word. This word for faith in the Greek is, is this word pistis. Um, it's also the word for trust. It's the word for trust. To believe, now this is key. It is to believe in or have faith in someone. To fully rely on someone. This is key. This word, it is not a belief in a theory or a concept. It's a belief in a person. It's trusting in a person to accept what someone is offering you. So when you become a Christian, this is really key to us. When you become a Christian, you are not agreeing 
to a set of beliefs about theories or concepts. You may have different theories or concepts than the person sitting next to you. That is not what our faith is in. Our faith is in a person named Jesus. Our faith is in Jesus. This is really super important. Our faith is in Jesus. See, if we put our faith in a a set of concepts, those concepts are shaky, right? We might not have the whole picture yet. As you grow, as you read the Scripture, as you grow in your life in Jesus, how many of you have, have, have shifted on a couple of your doctrines over your life? Yeah. Yeah, now if your faith is on this this wall of concepts, and something shifts, what happens? Oh, wait, right? It's scary stuff. My faith starts crumbling. Oh, my faith is on Jesus. It's in a person, the person of Jesus. He's the one I trust in. And he's the one that we can both look to, trust, and put our faith in, and that allows us to walk in unity no matter what, Okay? Trust is how we begin a relationship with Jesus. It's also, for the rest of our lives, it is how we continue our relationship with Jesus. Trust. I love what Tim Keller says. He said, we should never view the gospel in our rearview mirror. And that's a good, that's a good point. We, don't def- we shouldn't define our maturity, our spiritual maturity, by how much distance we've put between us and the cross. How much distance we've put between us and the gospel, the good news. You know, oh yeah, the cross. I covered that stuff 10 years ago. No, 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 no. I, the gospel is the centerpiece of everything that we are. It's, it's the thing that we remind ourselves every day. It's, why we, it's how we live. It informs how we live. The gospel, this good news, what Jesus has come to do every day. We talked yesterday at the one-day worship conference. The gospel, this, this idea that even my ability to come before him and worship him in song or something like that. It is only because he has saved me. He has extended his grace. Even just getting to worship him is because of him and having that attitude. The gospel, the gospel reminds us all also of, of what God is like. It reminds us that God loves us and that God is love. So when we look at Jesus, we, we can see the love of God personified. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. Everybody in the world wants to know what God's like. That's like one of the big fundamental human questions. Who's God? What is God like? I'd like, you know, I'd like to believe that God is, uh, you know, love, but how do we know? How do we know he's love? Maybe he's a jerk. I don't know. How do we know? When I look at Jesus, I see how much he loves me. I see how he forgives even those who persecute him. He rises from the dead, not out of revenge. He doesn't rise from the dead and go, oh, yes, somebody's going to get it today. (laughs) Right? He doesn't rise with revenge in his heart. He rises from the dead to offer forgiveness and reconciliation to the very people who took off when he was being crucified. Even those people who hated him and betrayed him. So I I can look at Jesus and I can go, okay, if you distilled God down to a human being, that 
is what he looks like. And if that's true, then Jesus really is Lord. He really is a God that I can believe in. He is a God that I can love. He is a God you can trust. The gospel is the good news that I have been saved from my sin. No matter what I've done, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've done to God or to another person, you can be forgiven. Hallelujah. What's the only thing he requires? Trust. The Bible says, I didn't make this up. I'm not making up new doctrine or anything like that. The Bible says, we are saved by grace through faith. Super simple. Boy, human beings have a, have a way of complicating things, don't we? We try to make this really complicated. The Bible says you're saved by grace through faith. God's grace extending to you, you trusting in God, receiving that grace. That's it, right? Notice what was not at the top of that cycle of discipleship. What, was it at, what wasn't at the entrance ramp? Behave. Be good. Perform. Practice good religion. Give an offering. Nope. It's trust. It's trust, right? Now, we're not saying it doesn't matter how you live, so live however you want. We're not saying that. Because actually, when you enter into this kingdom, this is the cool part, when you enter into the kingdom, we're saying now you get to live this Christ-like life out of joy, out of gratitude, because that's what we walk around in. We walk in just this... I can't even hardly believe how, how much grace he's given me. So I have this joy, this gratitude, and I want to live for him. And, and it's not because you've got to measure up in order to get to heaven when you die. That's not why we live that way. God's not looking for a reason to zap you. We don't do it out of fear, right? Because God might see, he might get angry. God has taken care of your salvation. Just let that sink into your brain for a second. God has taken care of your salvation. And then ask yourself, if I've been set free by God's love, set free from all those things that have me in bondage, if I've been set free, how does that make me want to live? See, that'll change your heart. That'll fill you with with gratitude so you want to live differently in this kingdom life. Uh, In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, it's just one of my favorite chapters that talks about the gospel. Um, Just diving into that whole chapter and discovering all that it has to say is so beautiful. Get together with your friends sometime and check it out. We're going to dive into Ephesians 2 uh, a good bit this week in our home life groups. It's really too big of a passage for us to make our focal point today. But look at this verse. Look at this right here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by what? Grace. Grace. You have been saved through faith. I like, I love that it says you have been saved. You have been saved. So it's not you're waiting till you die. It's already been done. So just live and enjoy your new salvation. You have been saved. Enjoy it. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. There's where trust comes into play. This is a gift from God. Wait, verse nine, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Wait a minute, what? What is this? We're not saved by works, but we're created to do good works. 
We're not saved by works. We're created for works. We're not saved by works. We are created for works. In other words, you don't have to behave a certain way to receive salvation. But once you become a citizen of the kingdom, a member of this family, you get to act like a family member. You get all the rights and privileges of a family member. Isn't that beautiful? It's just like being a member of the family. You have the rights and privileges, but you also have the responsibilities and the chores, right? If you're, if you're a hail, if you're a, a son in the hail house, man, you get the rights and privileges of being a hail. You got to take out the garbage every once in a while, right? <laughs> but you also get the security and the delight of family membership. There's nothing my son could ever do that would make him stop being my son. You get to fully participate in the kingdom, not to earn your way in, right? Not to earn your way in, but, but it's actually a way we celebrate we're not an orphan anymore. We have a dad. Hallelujah. We have a dad who happens to be king of the universe. We are not orphans. Hallelujah. Okay, I want to look at this, uh, this last scripture here in Titus. In Titus chapter 3, verse 4, he says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, kindness and love of God. Who is that? Jesus. When the kindness and love of God. You want to know what God looks like? He looks like kindness and love. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things. He's saying we should go back. You know what what he's saying here? We should go back to these things all the time. All the time. Over and over and over. So that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to do what is good. There we go. There's that juxtaposition side by side again. We trust in God to receive the simple gift of grace. And then we have the privilege to devote ourselves to living lives of love. It's the best life. It's the best life you could live. Hallelujah. I want to I wrap this up this morning by giving us an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. For, for some of us, this may be a new thing for you. You may be hearing this this morning and be like, whoa, this is the gospel? I mean, I've heard that word before, but this is the gospel? This is the message of Jesus? I can resonate with this. There's, this works. Spiritually, if that's you and you're, you're feeling that message resonate with you, I believe that that is the Holy Spirit talking to you. Because here, God is real. He actually loves you. He actually loves you and he's pursuing you. We never pursue God. We think we are chasing God. He is always pursuing us. He's waiting for us to, to give up the chase and allow him to capture us. God is real. And God, God moves through the message. And so when, when you hear the message of the gospel, God moves through that. And he speaks to people to draw him to himself. He loves you. He's always trying to draw you to himself. He actually loves you. And if this, this is buzzing inside you as, as a truth, 
then I encourage you to say yes to Jesus today. And now some of you will, may, might hear this and you might, well, I really need to go and, and think about it a little more before I say yes. That's fine. No arm twisting. That's not how I roll. Some of you today might have been Christians a long time. And uh, so you're like, I know the message. I know this. But for us, but for us, this is now our privilege to kind of cycle back to this regularly. Not to get saved again. We're not asking you to get saved again, but to continually renew our minds. We have to renew our minds. Some of us need to shake off the cobwebs. It's like, how many of you know who, who, who've been married? You can be married to the most wonderful person in the world, and it's still important. It's still important to rediscover romance together, right? You got to refresh your passion, renew those vows, tell her that you'd, you'd marry her all over again. And some of us need to do what the, the writer John says in Revelation. He said, we need to rekindle our first love. He says that there, there are some, some of us have a first love that's run cold. I like how the Bible ends. In the last chapter of this last book of the Bible, it ends with a revela- an, an invitation to come. Revelation 22, verse 17. The Spirit and the bride say, come. The Spirit, that's God himself, and the bride, that's the church, here it's referred to, as, we're tr- referred to as the bride of Christ. It's referring to God's people. God and God's people, the spirit and the bride, partner together to say, come. We give this invitation. And let the one who hears say, come. So when you hear this, and it resonates with you, and you respond, and what happens is you start thinking about other people who need in on this. And you'll say, Come. Come with me, right? Because disciples make disciples. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. The free gift of the water of life. Listen, today, if you are spiritually thirsty, I want to invite you to come and experience the water of life, which is Jesus. I love the way the pastor Shane Hips wrote... He says, religion is like trying to sell bottled water beside the stream. We're not here to offer religion. We're not trying to sell you religion. Religion is selling bottled water by the stream. Personally, I don't care how you want to package it up. Just jump in the water. It's beautiful. It's free. It's life. You don't have to stick a fancy label on it. You don't have to brand it. You definitely, definitely don't have to pay for it. It's all been paid for. And for the rest of us here today, I want to I encourage us. We get the awesome privilege of partnering with the Spirit to say, come. We get to say, come to others. And let's live out this new life together. And some of us today, you may have been a Christian for a long time. But you haven't truly trusted in a long time. When's the last time you trusted God for everything? Sometimes we get complacent, right? We get used to not really needing to trust God. We kinda, it's kind of comfortable to get to that place in our life where I don't really have to trust God, right? 
I got everything I need. That's not a good place to be, right? And be careful because God doesn't like you there either. He likes you to trust him. Amen. So some of us need to say that again to God. I, I, I need to put my trust in you all over again. So today I want to do something a little different. We'll do it a little different today. I don't like to do the same thing over and over. It just makes us religious. So we're going to do it a little bit different. Um, I want to read a prayer to you today. And if this prayer rings true to you, if it, if it reflects your heart, then I'm, I'm going to give us all a chance to pray together as a way of closing. Okay. Here it is. We're going to say, Dear God, thank you for this good news about your love for me and the life you have for me. I accept your gift of salvation, and I trust in Jesus to be my Lord, my Savior, my leader, and my mentor. I'm sorry for my sins. I thank you for your forgiveness. I no longer want to run away from you or ignore you I live, or live for any purpose other than you. Thank you for being my friend. I'm excited to be yours, and I'm looking forward to all that lies ahead. Amen. It's very simple. Simple, simple prayer right there, right? Nothing too super spiritual. doesn't have any big Greek words in it or anything that we've got to learn. If you're reading this and this reflects your heart this morning, I would like to invite you to pray this out loud with me today. And whether this would be your very first time or if you're a longtime Christian and you're just kind of needing to renew your vows of love to Jesus, or or if you are coming to him fresh and you're saying, Jesus, I want to be part of your kingdom, let's take this opportunity to pray together. Will you do that with me? Okay, we're going to pray this together. Here we go. Dear God, Thank you for this good news about your love for me and the life you have for me. I accept your gift of salvation, and I trust in Jesus to be my Lord, my Savior, my leader, and my mentor. I'm sorry for my sins, and I thank you for your forgiveness. I no longer want to run away from you or ignore you or live for any purpose other than you. Thank you for being my friend. I'm excited to be yours, and I am looking forward to all that lies ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, if you prayed that for the first time today, then welcome to the family. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family. If you're renewing your vows today, if this was you getting back with Jesus, then welcome to the next step of of life for you. And whoever you are, if, if you're looking for the next right step to take, all of us want to know, what is that next step I should take? I want to suggest a couple of possible next steps, okay? If you missed last Sunday, first step, if you missed last Sunday, sign up for a home life group today. We want, you, we want to do life together with you. And this is how we mutually disciple one another. This is how we do kingdom life together is through our home life groups. Sign up for a home life group. Number two, talk with one of our leaders about being baptized, if you've never done that before, if you've never been water baptized. Uh, so this way you can publicly express your faith and we can welcome you into the family and celebrate with you. You can find out all about water baptism at our welcome center right out there as you're, as you're leaving. And number three, start living like a full member of God's family and not just a visitor. Don't just keep being a visitor. Don't just keep dating Jesus. Make a commitment. We don't, want to, we don't want you to just show up on Sundays and then go home and leave unsatisfied and unconnected. We, we want to put our arms around you and, and do life together 
We've had a lot of Bible study groups that happen during the week. Some, some, one of them even on Sunday morning before church starts. We've got Bible study groups. There's different volunteer teams that are serving together. There's different outreach teams that, that meet, meet to be a blessing to our community. Find out something that you can get passionate about and plug in. I encourage you to plug in. That is how you really get to experience the beauty of the kingdom life in reality and not just in theory. You get to experience it. Amen? Our prayer partners are coming forward as they're doing that. I want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I love you so much. I thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy that's new every morning. Lord, I thank you for this journey that you're taking us on. For some of us, it's just a really good reminder that we need it. We need this reminder of what you are and who you are and who we are and what we're supposed to be doing, Lord God. I thank you for that. I thank you that you have given us this church. You have given us the local church, Father. And I pray that you continue to knit our hearts together, Lord. Help us to pursue homothumadon with just passion. Thank you, Lord God, that nothing comes between us. Nothing comes between our church being all that you want us to be. We praise you for it. I thank you, Father, for every person in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have anything in the world that you need prayer about, before you leave, make sure you come down forward and let these guys pray for you. It's not the same when we pray in faith. We pray in faith because we believe in Jesus. And he makes changes in our life and he can do miracles in yours. Amen. Have a wonderful day and we will see you later. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit gchurch.net for more information about this podcast and other resources.